The life of the prophet Samuel and his work in the Lord would prove to be one of the great turning points in the story of God's chosen people. For 300 years since their delivery into Canaan, the Israelites had fallen time and again into apostasy, lawlessness and sin, brought back to the Lord only after harsh punishments and great suffering. The Lord had not sent the Israelites kings, but judges, to save them and to rule them wisely in the eyes of the Lord. After twelve righteous judges, the Israelites had never learnt their lesson. However, Israel still held those who feared the Lord. In particular, there lived a woman by the name of Hannah. Hannah had been married for years, yet had never produced a child. As the years passed, she despaired more and more for her barren womb, until one day, while in the temple, grieving in her spirit, she cried out to the Lord in a silent yet fervent prayer for a child. She promised that he would be dedicated to the Lord until the day of his death. The Lord remembered her, and soon she conceived a child. When her son was born, she named him Samuel, which means descendant of God, relating to how God had gifted him to her. When the child was old enough, she brought him to the temple to stay with Eli, the priest of the Lord. When she handed him over, from her heart came a beautiful prayer which she spoke, beginning with the words, My heart is strengthened in the Lord. My horn is exalted in my God. I smile at my enemies. I rejoice in your salvation. This prayer is a part of the canon of the church. Samuel lived with Eli and from a young age performed the services of the temple. But the sons of Eli were wicked men who profaned the sacrifices to the Lord, taking the best parts of the meat away for themselves before they burnt as an offering. Though Eli was aware of this, he did not rebuke or punish his sons, but continued to ignore their sin. Young Samuel was revealed as a prophet of the Lord when the Lord spoke to him one day and confirmed to him that Eli and his sons would face destruction for the sin they had committed. It came to pass that war had risen between the Philistines and the Israelites. Fearing their defeat, the Israelites brought out the Ark of the Covenant to their war camp to protect them. Yet God gave strength to the Philistines against the Israelites for their sins. The Philistines were victorious and the Ark was captured. In the battle, both of Eli's sons were slain, and when a messenger arrived at the temple and told Eli of the defeat, he also perished. So God had brought about the prophecy which he spoke to Samuel, and within a year the Ark of the Covenant was returned by the Philistines, having suffered greatly in plagues due to its presence. When the Ark was returned, Samuel spoke to the people of Israel and informed them that they would be free of strife and war, only if they put aside all of the pagan idols that they had taken up. So Samuel became a judge of Israel, who was to be the last. With the help of God, Samuel protected Israel against the Philistines for many years. Yet Samuel's sons, who he made judges under him, went the way of the sons of Eli. They were deceitful and perverted, and when the Israelites tired of this, they begged Samuel to give them a king like all of the other nations. God and Samuel warned the Israelites that a king would demand much of them, that they would be taxed greatly and that they may regret their choice. This too was a prophecy as King Solomon in the construction of the temple taxed his people severely. Despite this, the Israelites insisted, so God sent a man of the tribe of Benjamin to Samuel, whose name was Saul, and Samuel anointed him and gave him the Lord's blessing. When it came time to announce before all the people that Saul was to be king, 
Samuel spoke to them. He told them how they had rejected God for centuries, who had delivered them out of Egypt and who was their saviour from many tribulations, yet still they demanded a king. Then by lot, Saul was randomly chosen, first his tribe, then his family, then amongst his kin, his own name was drawn, showing the hand of the Lord in this choice. It came time to pass on the rulership of Israel from Samuel the judge to Saul the new king. And at his coronation, the people blessed Samuel who had never hurt them or taken anything from them, but had treated them justly. However, Samuel redirected their praise towards God, refusing the compliments and reminding them of the one who had protected them throughout the generations. Saul did his duty well for a time, but it began to clash with Samuel and with God, the climax of which came when God had promised to destroy a people who had greatly harmed Israel. Blessed by the Lord, Saul and his army won the day, yet rather than fulfilling the commandment of God, they kept the spoils of the battle for themselves. After this, God spoke to Samuel and told him of Saul's disgrace, and knowing this, he confronted Saul. Yet Saul denied any wrongdoing, lying about the event to Samuel and to God, and blaming the plunder of the spoils on the people of Israel, claiming that he would have sacrificed them all to God. Samuel responded to him by saying, If only the desired whole burnt offerings and desired sacrifices were equal to the Lord as compared to one who hears the voice of the Lord, behold, hearing is better than a good sacrifice and obedience than the fat of rams. For some time, even though he still lived, Samuel mourned for Saul and for his sins as if he were dead, when God commanded him to lift himself out of his grief and go to a man named Jesse in Bethlehem, who had many sons. The Lord told Samuel that one of these sons would be the new anointed of Israel. Coming to Jesse under the pretense of offering a sacrifice, he requested for every son to be brought before him one by one. As they all passed, Samuel was waiting for the Lord to tell him which son it was. When faced with all the sons, Samuel spoke to the Lord and claimed, Surely the anointed of the Lord is before him. Yet God replied, Have no regard for his outward appearance, nor for the maturity of his stature, because I have refused him. For man does not see as God sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord sees into the heart. It was not long before all of Jesse's sons were displayed, yet none were chosen, for one remained the young David who was tending the sheep. When David was brought before him, Samuel was informed that this man was indeed to be anointed. So Samuel took a horn of olive oil and anointed him, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. Samuel left David and went to his home in Ramah, where in later years he would shelter David against King Saul's wrath. Afterwards, he lived out his few remaining days in Ramah in peace. The life of prophet Samuel teaches us many things, not least the way in which God delights in choosing the poorest of his servants to become the greatest. Samuel himself, born of a barren woman, rose from being a child in service to the temple of God to be judge over Israel for many years. So he also anointed David, a shepherd boy from a small and inconsequential village like Bethlehem, who would become Israel's greatest and most beloved king, the writer of the Psalms, and an ancestor of Christ. Samuel's example to the people of Israel, and to us, is one of dedication to God, even through great trials and tribulations, to heed his words in everything, and to follow God with love. Holy Prophet Samuel, intercede for us.